Welcome to Nine Point Started With A Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode with Ryan J. Owens is about necessity. You know, like how bad do you want to achieve your dreams and how much are you willing to endure and overcome just to get a shot? And his journey embodies all of that and hope you really enjoy it. There's two parts to it, so let's get to it. So, Ryan, the question that everyone comes on is, when you're younger as an athlete, what are the bigger dreams goals you want to achieve? Um, actually, I mean, when I was young and athletic, the first thing was extreme sports for me. It was like uh, I saw all of the organized sports, but I was uh, very introverted. So for me, it was it made me kind of anxious to say like, oh, I'm going to go around all these kids. I don't know. Are they going to laugh at me? Are they going to call me names? Are they going to bully me? Blah, blah, blah. Because I'd grown up already. The backstory to that is like West Side of Chicago as a mixed light skinned kid um, being basically the white kid and being picked on that way. Lots of fights. Thank goodness I had nine cousins that were, somebody was always around. So it was crazy. And then moving to the suburbs and being, okay, now I'm a mixed kid in a more multicultural environment, but predominantly white. And now the table had been flipped, you know? And so for me, I was like, how can I do fun, cool stuff without having that? I didn't want any of that, either version. And so first thing was a skateboard, man. Thank goodness. Uh, dad and his girlfriend at that time had, had bought that skateboard because I went outside and just like man as many hours as I could be outside I was on that skateboard and I was thinking you know Tony Hawk and then you know as these guys started rising up then I finally got my BMX bike I wanted to be a BMX racer too so I wanted to do everything I wanted to be like a multi-sport extreme athlete so by the time I graduated high school um, I was already snowboarding I had entered rollerblade competitions, like aggressive inline doing the ramps and the rails and all that stuff. Uh, I was skateboarding, I was doing mountain bike, I was mountain bike trials, which is like, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's nuts and it is super scary because imagine you, these guys will ride a bike on a rail, like a rail that you hold, a handrail. They will be on a handrail and they'll be over like a, let's say a, 15 to 20 foot drop and they'll do things like that and we were doing crazy stuff I had a lot of my shins look horrible now they're looking better <laughs> 20 years later but uh, junior year in high school a friend asked me out of the blue do you want to play volleyball and I said like I have no idea what that is uh, only thing I can think about about volleyball is top gun beach scene that's all I had in my mind you know this slow-mo scene and he was like no nah, man it's really fun there's a lot of cool guys and I really liked him because guess what I met him on the street skateboarding when I was in like third or fourth grade. And so we went back further than I knew anybody in Evanston, the, the city I grew up in. I said, yeah, man, I'll give it a try. Like, let's go. I showed up in my skateboard shoes. Man, after that first day, I was hooked. I was just like, this is so hard, but this is so cool. And there's so many cool guys here. They were like, you're cool popular-ish type guys, but not super popular because it's volleyball still, right? And everybody's like, who plays volleyball? Um, and then they were down to your nerdy guys. Like there was the whole span. And for me, I fit in, you know, I felt really good about it. I knew the guy. And immediately after about a month, um, 
we were in a fr one of the guys' homes. He was a, another junior in high school. John, I can't remember his last name. Ferguson. Oh, wow, that's scary. I don't remember names. So we're watching the Olympics, right, in, um, in Sydney. And I see this, this it, the whole thing was really cool to me, but we were watching Serbia versus, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been versus Italy. And one of the Gribbage brothers, this is a famous uh, clip for volleyball players, so they'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but it also made Sports Center and all that stuff. So a ball is hit really hard. Um, one guy pursues the ball, jumps over like the, the media stuff, this huge wall, this fake wall they put up to show the advertisements on, over the chairs, over everything, diving, hits this ball in the air before he hits the ground, saves it. It comes up back into the court. He's, meanwhile, jumping up, trying to get back. Runs back just in time because his team puts it over. They play it up. There's three touches in volleyball, so the person passes to Setter. Setter sets the guy that he thinks should be more alone because normally there's three people in the front row. But this dude has come back from there. I mean, and it's far. And he blocks the ball. And I just remember thinking, that's extreme. That's crazy. That's really, really cool. So if you could do all of that with your body, and I understood, I'll give you a Kobe reference right now, actually, because it's, it's, it's valid and it's right in the moment. Um, he's quoted by a volleyball association coach that he would go to his girl's game, his girl, and he would like to sit at the inline because when they serve, he was amazed how in the world you could pass something that moves so much in the air and it was coming at varying speeds and perception and all of this stuff. So like for me, I saw that in volleyball because I had that tryout and it was so fresh to me. And then I saw the, the highest level ever played and I just went, I could take this really far. I want to do it. Yeah, the next part of the story doesn't go like it didn't go as planned that next step. But that was my dream from that moment. I said, you know what? I want to do extreme sports. I love it. I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. But volleyball, that's that's it for me. I want to go to the Olympics. I want to do that. And that that's wild. And especially going on like the extreme sports side, because because I always had a, I always loved like the Tony Hawk, the uh, the Dave Mira era, you know, and like uh -huh. I, I, I Tony Hawk, I played all the time. Uh, yeah, as as the game and everything, but I just could not get the coordination on a skateboard, man. Hmm. I couldn't. <laughs> I, 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 I rollerblade though. At, at the rollerblades, man, I would you know. Yeah. Get, but it, that's cool though. So 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 you kind of had this 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 thing for just just wanting to maybe like push your body just to the, the next level in a sense. Yeah, I was always very interested in whatever, you know, what, what, what was really hard, first of all, but how far could something go? Like, I've always been that way, just how far can I push this? Okay, I know that they're doing these tricks, but okay, what if you did it this way? do similar tricks like so level of difficulty all that stuff for me it was all about like pushing something doing something new and interesting you know mm -hmm. and i brought that even to the volleyball game because my whole game is a pro and i caught a lot of flack for it and i see also this guy and i haven't watched the super bowl in seven well buddy is coming on eight so i saw this last super bowl when i first got my dog and uh, that was seven years ago now in Italy, watching with my buddies at like two, three, four in the morning. And I just saw this one and the, 
quarterback. What's his name? Pat Mahomes. Yeah, Mahomes. And so uh, something comes up in my feed and it talks about like uh, the plan he made after he was MVP last year, I guess. Right? What, how did he get back to action? And then there was another click on, or, or there's another thing in that article that talked about how he was a universal type athlete who everybody was like, man, his footwork is off, his blah, blah, blah is off. But like when you watch him, he just got things done. And it's, it's kind of like this X factor where you go, there's not always this box that you fit in. And I've never fit in a box, you know? Um, and luckily we moved around so much that I couldn't fit in a box. It was just like, I never had a box to even fit in. Um, so for me, it was, yeah, it's always been about just pushing something as far as you can and being creative, like showing, showing yourself your expression through that. Because I think sport and, and all forms of movement and whatever are art forms. Like everything you do that you want to express yourself through is it's art. So in, in a way, yeah, it's a leap, but you get what I mean? I think. Yeah, for sure. So, so when you, when you say that you, you saw that, you saw that clip and you were like, all right, I want to push to that level. I want to be an Olympian. I want to be a pro athlete. So we all, we all kind of have these big dreams and these, you know, these big, big ambitious ambitions. How did you start saying, all right, I'm going to take this step that's going to get me towards that and kind of keep leveling yeah. things up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess that's the next part of that story. I, you know, I, I knew, I knew I wanted to get to that level. I did not know pro existed. That's for sure. I had no clue because we don't have volleyball in America. And then boys and volleyball, yeah, definitely not. Now it's growing and that's great. But um, for me, I, I saw like, okay, I saw it and I just thought, how do I play? What's the next step? Like. How do I, okay, next step is college. Literally, first time I put real thought into going to college was as a junior in high school. And I was just like, well, you could play college volleyball and go for free. Like, hmm, that's interesting because my dad doesn't have a lot of money. I know he can't pay for college. And so I started taking school really seriously. Um, and luckily, uh, just before that, I had started taking it seriously because I, I enrolled my junior year in a bunch of uh, uh, courses for, for honors because it was the only way to get that extra uh, one point advantage. If you could score well, you could get your great GPA up. So I took, I think like two or three, the max I could <laughs> as a freshman to um, honors. So as a junior, I went through that and then I graduated and it was like, okay, that's what I needed, right? I need to bring my GPA up. But no, I was missing the whole factor of you need to get scouted. You need somebody to see you and all of my buddies were going to colleges and things like that the ones that were seniors when i was a junior and the ones that were seniors when i was a senior um the good ones i saw myself being definitely as good as them my potential and not being very far away from them where they were in that moment just i didn't know how to do the things they knew how to do i just had to kind of like find that missing component where it's like okay okay if i can decode that boom i can do it fine and I, I would just watch them and so when I saw that and I noticed um, okay they went to club I'll go to club during junior year to senior year and I'll try to get scouted but lo and behold club costs thousands and again my father couldn't pay for that our high school coach was a club director so he said like come in you know you can we'll give you a discount even on 
not traveling with the team. And so we did that. And I learned a lot of volleyball that summer or spring or whenever it was, I can't remember. Um, yeah, it was the, the fall actually leading into uh, senior year and nothing, nobody didn't get looked at because I didn't get to go to any events. Um, and coming out of high school, I was like, what do I do? I got my grades up. I can go to college now. And somebody told me, an academic advisor said, you know, you put down on here that you're other for race. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, do you want to define what that is? Because maybe there's something in there. Because for sure, for African-Americans, you can, you can find some stipends, some money, some whatever. And so I told her and she was like, oh, wow, you're Native American too. She's like, can you prove that? I was like, well, I mean, I guess my family still lives on a reservation on that side. So I'll try. So I looked into it and I found a school that was willing to um, take, a, a, take somebody. Plus it was somewhere close to what I loved, right? Extreme sports. It was like literally 20 minutes from a massive mountain. Um, the resort was called Purgatory. The place was Fort Lewis, Colorado. The school was Fort Lewis. And they took me with my barely making a GPA, which had come up a lot, trust me. I was very proud of myself. Um, to make it to almost a 3.0, basically. That's scary, it was low. And uh, I go, it's not volleyball, but I knew it was a way to move forward. That's all I knew. I knew, okay, I'm either staying here and doing what, or I'm going there and I'm gonna try to you know, learn how to snowboard better and I'm just gonna see. I got really sick, got really stressed while I was there. Um, some life changes happened between uh, senior year of high school and college and it really, kind of crushed my world so when I arrived there it didn't go as planned there were moments where I guess I must have been depressed and I would go up and down I'd be snow and I couldn't understand why I wasn't happy because I was snowboarding I was in an amazing place I love nature and yeah and then I just realized one day and I called my best friend at the time uh, Chris Barnes who was playing locally but he could have gone to any college almost that he wanted as a volleyball player but he stayed local in chicagoland and so like chris what are the chances that you could convince your coach that i'm good enough to come play with your team because he was on a d3 nai team okay um so ncaa d3 but they couldn't make the whatever because of their numbers so they were nai dude he convinced them Second semester freshman year, I went. I would I will forever be grateful for Chris because man, that would have never I could have I couldn't have done it as easily as I did, which wasn't easy. So what happened is I went, we started playing. I noticed right away I hadn't played, imagine, since senior year. Um so a full year later, I go, I realize, Ryan, you're really good at this. You feel really good. I love volleyball. I absolutely adore it. I'm so in love with volleyball. Like I would give up anything to do volleyball, which meant giving up extreme sports because I wanted to pursue it. So I said, Chris, you're dope. I know I can be dope. You need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. So he ended up, we both made a plan. Okay, let's get after it. Let's, let's research. Let's figure out a way. Um, for him, he had been recruited, so it was a little bit easier, but it was nice because he found a great fit. He ended up going to George Mason. I found it in a, or a JUCO school. I had no idea that junior colleges had volleyball teams and that that was a great way to transfer. Again, there was no knowledge base for athletes on how to pursue your sport. 
So that sucked because if I knew that, I probably would have gone that route in the beginning. So I send out the video that I got from Dominican University in River Forest near Chicago to this school. They bring me out. I try out. Um, I make this team. I go halftime for one semester. Then I go full time the next semester in that time period of like basically about a year of being there, working a couple jobs up to three jobs at a time, paying like a full out of state tuition, which was hardcore. Uh, like, I mean, normally do this with parents, man, that was stressful. Having the loans, not being able to play, but being able to play. You know what I mean? Where like I could train with the team, but when I was playing, it was much less stress for me. I could just play. I could be creative. I could do whatever I wanted. And I knew the position I was playing, I didn't really like. So I knew I would want to change that. But it helped me be more creative and say like, hey, I want to hit those balls on the outside or I want to do this and, and just try it sometimes. And in that time period, I also realized, man, if I'm going to get out there, I can't be that kid left behind like I was as a senior in high school. How do I do it? And I said, oh, got to contact these people, right? Like, so I just, I made an email. I made a video, a highlight video um, on a CV. We, we, had, we graduated from VHS, right, to DVD. I put it on a DVD. And man, I sent out an email and mailers to every coach that I thought I could definitely play for. And then also the coaches where I was like, man, this is a pipe dream, but I'm just going to go for it because if I want to be an Olympian, I should probably be around the best in the sport. And if I could make it, great. So long story short, with that college session with JUCO and everything, um, I ended up getting scouted that second year when I could play, actually, because I wasn't going um, halftime. And Stanford, UCLA, USC, Hawaii, UCI, Long Beach, some other schools, uh, but I was really focused on this, these California and whatever schools. Um, it was cool that Hawaii came out because I ended up going on an official visit with them. Um, they all came out because, I mean, I sold myself. You know, I, I said, like, here's, here's my skills. I jump. I'm, you know, young, I'm fast, and, yeah, I'm passionate. And I think also one thing I was missing was that there wasn't a lot of people doing that stuff by themselves, like, really pushing themselves like that. I did not know that. I just thought, I want to go. Let's go. And so when all these people started showing up and I realized that it worked, I just, yeah, I took that and ran with it. And long story short with that is I got scouted to the, or the three schools that I picked as my top choices were Pepperdine, USC, and Hawaii. I learned some things about USC that I didn't like when I was at their match against Hawaii. In Hawaii, I learned about kids and how they talk crap but these were kids on that team and they're just like mm, there's some things to think about and then also the hawaiian teams which was or dope that was amazing oh my god uh. um i realized there's some some crap going on there and that was the first time I, I saw drama in sport i didn't see it really before we were just like living life at juco and high school you know just having fun there's drama but bs drama mm. i didn't see the whole competitive drama I'm going to do this to you behind your back so that you don't get this or it doesn't interfere with my stuff. And I learned a really hard lesson. I chose not to party when I was at Hawaii with these guys. Um, they were smoking a lot of weed, drinking a lot of alcohol. I I'd, I'd, I'd drank so much alcohol as a, like a high schooler at the end of high school. I started partying, like everybody trying to just, it was a way for me to try to fit in. 
-hmm. And I didn't like the alcohol so much, but when I was there, I was like, man, I'd love to party with you guys, but like, I'm on an official visit. I don't think that's right. My gut was telling me, Ryan, no, run. So I decided not to. Uh, Also, when I got offered to smoke, I decided not to. And when I got to California, I got a call from the coach saying, hey, I heard you're smoking weed out here. I said, what? I was at my job at Starbucks. I'm not lying. Literally behind the counter, bro. Right behind the croissants and those amazing scones. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I'm sitting there. I'm just like, hey, what? No, 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 no. Oh, my God. I'm at work right now. I will walk out. I know that there's a drug test place like right down the street. I will go in right now. Like, how could that not even prove that I wasn't? Because it was within like, I don't know, six days or something that he called me. And he was just like, no, I believe this source and no drug test could change that. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. Fine. So he chose for me. I ended up going to to Pepperdine because of the stuff that I learned about USC, even though I wanted to be, because I had a dream to be an architect too, by the way, that was my outside of sports dream. And yeah, dude, uh, I got a call, call from Marv Dumpy, the head coach when I was driving a friend up to San Francisco, I was standing in a parking lot. And I answered my phone. And you remember those old Nokia, the little tiny, yeah. tiny one? Yeah, I had a blue one. Yep. Yeah, snake yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah snake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so I answered the phone. Worst phone call of that four-year period. Um, not Like the drug... A, a charge like the, this guy trying to say I was doing that and me telling him and him saying no don't go get drug tested I was like this is insane this was worse Pepperdine Marv Dumpy Olympian Olympic coach crazy he was like he saw my vision of being a different position he said I can help you I can definitely do it it's what I do actually um, and he said like listen I have really bad news matriculation screwed up they thought you were coming from a two-year to a four-year. They missed your four-year transcripts, which were your year one, that, that freshman year. And because imagine by that time, I had three different schools' transcripts. And, but I mean, they're professionals. How do you screw this up? And he said, they miscalculated and you're missing nine credit units or something. And I was in summer school. I know this turned into a crazy story, but it is, I think it's, yeah, crazy it's, story. Yeah, it's good. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I just, you know, that feeling of your just stomach drops. You feel like it doesn't even hit the floor. It hits like a universe through the earth past the other universes. And it's just this feeling of horror because I enrolled. I, I was, imagine I was a kid who didn't really study and do all the stuff. I, I always felt like I understood what was going on, but I just, I didn't like it. I didn't, I wanted to go do ride my bike and do the other stuff and, and kind of like, yeah, whatever, man, that hurt because I had enrolled in a business class. Cause I love business. I enrolled in a psych class. I was taking a women's studies class and, and at my JUCO and I was taking an art class cause I loved art and I would not go all the time or I wouldn't turn in the work because for me it was just, I was going to go to learn something extra. I thought I was doing something good for me. I didn't, I didn't need it. I didn't whatever. And when he told me that, I was just like, oh. how do I say I do have them, but 
I don't have them. So I ran to all my teachers when I got back to Southern California and I said like, please, 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 please. And only one or two were like, you could turn in everything in the next, like, it was like a day in a day and a half or something. And I was like, it's impossible. Make like eight artworks and do And then for the, the business class, it was like, take two exams. I was like, this is insane. There's no way for me to do it. I had work. If I missed work, I was going to get fired. If I got fired, I couldn't afford to pay for my rent and all my food and whatever, right? So I ended up going to a school that a buddy on my team at my JUCO, he got recruited to. And guess what? I never even heard of this school. He was like, bro, I'm going to school in your hometown. I was like, what? Or no, in Chicago. And I go, cool, where? And he goes, actually, it's in a city called Evanston. So what? I grew up in Evanston. You're not going to Northwestern. They don't have like a men's team. They have like maybe a men's club team at best. He's like, no, 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 it's not Northwestern. I was like, what? There is no other university there. He's like, yeah, yeah, there is. It's called Kendall College. So I was like, what? He's like, it's a culinary, a culinary school. And he was like, man, my coach really liked you. And I, I'm not gonna lie, we were at a house party and we we're talking about this and I was like really sad. And he was telling me all this stuff. And I was like, he was like, I told my coach that you're being recruited by all these others when he said he was interested in you. And he told me, okay, I get that. But if anything ever changes, I'm, I got a full ride for him to come. And I was like, what? So now he had my attention because it was like, I don't really want to go home because of the stuff that happened between senior year of high school and, and freshman year of college. But if it gets me closer to volleyball and it gets me closer to whatever, I will do it. And there was one thing that happened at JUCO. I played with a German guy who told me about pro volleyball. And I had no idea that pretty much every country outside of North America and the world has a pro volleyball league. And so that sparked everything for me. I was just like, that is my route. That's how I'm going to become an Olympian. Because if, if college didn't work out, I couldn't go D1. I couldn't get seen by USA Volleyball and, and you know, picked out of this you know whatever like you know how you have this dream like somebody's coming and they're, they're like you <laughs> and like, me oh god okay so um i go and i play with a bunch of internationals at the school for my senior year of college i'm literally eating like culinary student food all day long which i'm in heaven because i love food and um i'm learning about business and, and cooking which i didn't take a lot of those courses but i just thought it'd be fun because I liked cooking. I'd been cooking since I was like, I don't even know, eighth grade. Um, so ter terrible cooking, by the way, until. Hey, no judgment, man. No, no judgment. <laughs> yeah. So I left uh, the, the end of that story and that, that period of, of college for me and trying to get to that ultimate goal of, of national team was that I left. Um, I didn't even graduate university. Not a lot of people probably even know that. I went to four years. I had more than four years of full courses because I'd taken so many credits. And I was just like, in order to graduate, I would have to stay there and then do another semester and a half to get the right credits because I'd been transferring around. And I was like, nah, I'm out. I'm taking this Sally Mae government loan, the rest of this money, and the money that I saved up from all of those Starbucks lattes and the tips and the whatever, and I am going to Europe and I'm going to live in Stern Schneider's house in Leipzig, Germany, because he offered me his room because he was staying in Cali. He was a Cali boy at that point. He fell in love with Cali. And uh, I'm going to pursue that. And I did. I left America in 2002 uh, and I, I went that route. <laughs> that's a long story. Sorry, man. No, that's a journey, man. Like, 
like the the it's just the process of how you had like no offers to like the like went more small then you juco then you california you're going to like hawaii and pepperdine and usc to get none of those offers then going to back home to chicago to a smaller college and like what do you think of that man like you can't make it up can you no 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 it's definitely a cre. I call it I I came to this or or I got to the highest level of volleyball that I got to and I guess in the world um, without getting to the Olympics through the back door (laughs) I definitely did not go the normal route (laughs) and and it was like all hustle man like like you said you were working what three jobs at one point in time yeah, that was that was really cool, but crazy. And you know, when you're young, though, man, you think yeah. you have infinite energy. All you, all you know is the goal. You're like, all right, what, what I did yeah. to get there. Yeah. And that's that's that's, that's awesome. Just the thought of how you you got yourself recruited just through you know telling friends like, hey, I wanna I wanna play, and then just like how you just grinded to get that. I think a, a, a sport like volleyball, where it's not as you know, like publicized as like the football, the basketball, and as such. Yeah. So that's that that that's property, man, for that for that grind. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So so it's so a necessity, though, right? Yeah, you got you got to got to make it. So so once you said, all right, I'm done. I'm done with college. I can. I'm I'm not doing that next next semester. I'm going to Germany. What what was that next step to getting getting onto a team out there? Uh (laughs) i don't know how to make that i know i know how to make it short i gotta just tap into my whole i mean got a limited amount of time it's Um, it's your show you you tell you tell you want to tell it uh i'm not gonna lie i mean i took a little french in high school because the french teacher was really cute so i was like i want to take <laughs> I didn't speak any German, and uh, my buddy tried to like prepare me when I was in Cali, but I forgot whatever he taught me. So when I knew, when I was sitting in my dorm room, <laughs> heartbroken girl had like dumped me recently, and I was like, I'm definitely leaving this country, man. Um, let me see. I yeah, I thought, okay, if I'm gonna do this. I've got to research how to get like how to get on a team over there. I heard about this agency doing these tours. Um, they would take kids over uh, out of college. You would pay them money. And I was like, more money, geez. Uh, how do I do this, right? So um, you could co- go over, you, you pay your flights, you pay them, they pay for all of the stuff on the ground. And then you play against teams in Europe. Okay. And then you get, and now they pick you, right, man, this sounds, this sounds intense when you think about it. It's like, now you're just like some little fish in a bowl and you're hoping some fool over in Europe is just like you again, again. And so I was like, nah, that ain't me. I, I, I will do it. I will, I'll sign up for it, but I can't put all my eggs in that basket. And so I said like, okay, if I'm going to go over in May, right after, you know, uh, college stops. I'm going to spend a couple weeks at my other best friend through volleyball, who we became best friends through this life events when between senior and freshman year of college. Um, 
uh, I'm going to go to his mother's house, who's now my mother. We are extremely tight. And I'm just going to like research like crazy. And that's what I did every day, all day, all night. I found like lists of teams, man. We're talking AOL dial up internet time. 2002 still this was like we were just starting to switch to a better man it was nuts imagine i was going on there's no google translate google's barely even around if it is i just remember ask jeeves yahoo like aol obviously um and i just searched for volleyball and then i was looking up how do you say volleyball in other languages and like and man i found teams i found leagues i found federations and i just deep dived, you know, and I, through that, I got contact information and then I decided, okay, some of these, maybe I could try to call. That was crazy. Calling like Italy. And they're like, what? <laughs> I'm just like, I can't talk to any of these people. I could barely speak English with anyone. Um, and even when they spoke English, it was just like, it was rough. So I said like, okay, once I get over there, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'm going to find a team. I just need to get in front of somebody. If somebody can see me, I know that they will see what I have to offer. And so I came over in May. The, the tour with this company was supposed to be in August, right? And I said, I'm just going to grind and find a team and hopefully I find a team before that tour. And if not, I have the tour. And I've played volleyball, but how do I play volleyball? So the, the buddy connected me with the local team there through that. Uh, his brother was a beach volleyball player. He was like, man, let, I'll help you out. And maybe we can play some beach tournaments, but you can play beach tournaments all summer in Germany. And I said, I'm in because you can make a little extra money if you do well. And I had started playing beach when I was out in Cali. I'd never played before. We got whooped by old like geriatric dudes. Like, trust me like legs that look like they couldn't even move or weren't even there, arms that couldn't even come all the way. Man, they killed us. And that taught me another side of the sport. And it is a different sport, beach volleyball, but the same in some way, so many ways. So when I was there, I played all this beach volleyball. I went when I could. Uh, let's say we played a tournament in this city, and that was close to a team that I had contacted, or I didn't. I just looked for them, and then I contacted them. I'd start going on tryouts like uh, as much as I could, like I'd, I'd pop into a gym unannounced or, or, you know, an email or phone call led me to a person that I can meet for a coffee because Europeans love to talk over coffee. Everything gets done over coffee. And when you graduate to that next level, everything gets done over like, you know, whatever local special uh, distilled alcohol they have, you know. Um, and so long story short with that first part of the journey was that I played beach all summer. It didn't really work because the tides of signing players and teams being together, it pretty much ends when I was getting there in May. And um, so at the beginning of, or at the end of July, I think, beginning of August, I had a team. I was in München Glappa, which is like in Germany, crazy name, down south uh, west, okay? It's on the border, basically, not really. Um, Aachen is on the border, but Mönchengladbach is very close to Aachen. I had met some guys who were like, you're cool, we're cool, let's hang out in my city. It's a university town, there's tons of girls. I was like, I'm in, let's do it. We go down there. I get an email back from this Belgian team that I wrote because I knew I was going close to there and I just wrote as many Belgian teams as possible. One writes me back and goes, we're looking for an opposite. Can you come try out? And I was like, yes. I can come try out. 
So I went to try out for this team in Mont Saint-Guibert. Um, the, they keep, you stay in a city called Louvain-la-Neuve, which is Leuven, um, which is a, an old Flemish city because Belgium is uh, a French Wallonaise part and a Flemish or Dutch in, in fusion part, right? Um, and Louvain-la-Neuve was the city that I was staying in when I was trying out for this team in Mont Saint-Guibert, which is this tiny little, Mont Saint-Guibert is like on a little hill, uh, <laughs> imagine imagine you walk uh, okay i walked into a a market a grocery store mm-hmm. i'm looking for some eggs and some whatever i don't even know what i'm looking for and i walk into this place man it's like i open the door and from the moment i open the door imagine like a bodega in new york i don't even know like it's just like wall to ce- floor to ceiling wall to wall every and the tiniest and I'm putting my hands really close if somebody only hears this, tiniest aisles. And I'm like this two meter, you know, six, six dude trying to walk. I'm walking through like this and I'm looking. And this is the, the I'm, I'm explaining to this or this to you guys, because I want you to understand that the, the culture is just so different. And this guy's like, do you need help in French? And I'm like, no, 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 thank you. Like, <laughs> so, and that French never paid off by the way, because I was still terrible at it. And there was something like, uh, uh, who was it? It was a hip hop group, man. Super underground, playing on like the radio. And I was just like, what is this place? This is crazy. You never hear this in America, even on the radio. Like, so why is it playing? So I'm in this little city. Uh, there's, there's a bar that's uh, in the gym that we're in and there's glass window and then the courts start. So you just literally sit there and eat or drink. This is very common in Europe and watch the volleyball. And that's where like the committee, the whatever management would sit and we would go after the trainings or before the trainings. And so I'm trying out and I make this team and they're like, we want you to come. I, I lied to them and said that I was an opposite. I was really a middle, but you remember that whole plan of going to Marv Dunphy and Pepperdine? Well, since it didn't work out and since I played at, De- or at Kendall college, I told the coach, like, I would love to come. And I don't want to be kind of like some, you know, high maintenance, whatever. But man, I had a dream and I really wanted to play this other position. So if you can let me sometimes hit a few balls outside of the middle, I'm down for whatever it is. And he did a couple times. So it wasn't super new to me, but it was still new. I try out as an opposite, man. I make it, which trust me, you're going from your track and field, right? So you're going from super hard sprint. What's the shortest sprint you can do? 60 meter dash. Okay. 60 meter dash. So you're going from 60 meter dash to what's the longest thing you could do? I'm getting what, like a 10K, something like that. Okay. Like, yeah. So imagine like I'm going from a position where that's where I'm specialized in doing to we have to hit these high balls and the game is slower. It's longer. You know, it's just like I'm going fast, fast, fast. And that, that's all I know. And now I have to do, I have to go, I have to pace myself. Oh, yeah. So it was a terrible tryout. I know it to this day. It had to be. But somehow, man, my athleticism helped me because I would just like hang in the air and hit balls and it was just working, whatever. So um, to wrap up that story and how my first contract happened, they go, okay, we want to sign you. And I go, okay. I know nothing about that. They're like, do you have a contract? I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to sign a contract. They're like, you're basically like one of the first foreigners we've ever had. So we don't know. I was like, I could contact the agency that uh, was gonna, I was going to do this tour thing with. 
and I don't know. I, I don't know. So I, I contacted them. I said, hey, guys, I have a job. Sorry. I'd like my money back. And I'm going to sign here. We just need to figure out this contract stuff. And the dude on the phone goes, yeah, I could definitely help you with the contract. Uh, I can just send you over a template. I won't ask anything from them or whatever. I'll just help you out. Um, and yeah, we can at the end of the day, like a bunch of BS happened, but I was supposed to be refunded part of my money. Um, lo and behold, I show up the next day and they're like, Hey, so your agent, and I was like, wait, what? Two words I had never heard before in my life. I was like, wait, huh? Your agent wants X amounts from us and is saying that the Federation cost is X. And I'm like, I don't know anything about fees and what they cost, but I do know that I don't have an agent. I'm not signed. I haven't signed anything with anybody not to be on that tour, not to be with an agent. And all I knew is that they were going to send me a contract that we could edit ourselves. And I thanked them for it. I said that I don't need it, but if he did it, that's great. And so long story short is that we signed it, did not pay anybody anything, but it almost, it really complicated things for me. And it was the first time I'd been in a situation. Have you ever been with like management of something that you really wanted and you're not a business person? It's mm. the most awkward, stressful, like I'm sweating, man. I'm like so nervous. My voice is quaking, quavering, whatever. And I'm just like, uh. Show me the money. So I sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I sign. It's like 600 euros a month, bro. Nothing and a place to live you know and they wanted to reimburse my my travel to get there um and that was my first season i played second league in belgium and uh, during that season i will do one caveat because i hope any volleyball players or other athletes they hear this since it was second league i asked my team i said like listen um do you mind if i write some teams and if they say that i could come train with them during the days that we're not training anyways that i go train with them and they were like, hey, as long as it doesn't interfere with our trainings, yeah, yeah, fine. So I got an email response from the second best team. They were going back and forth with the first team. Um, and they invited me to come to training. They liked me and they said, let's set up something where you come, you know, two times a week or so. And we'll pay for the travel and we'll pay for like a meal here. We'll give you some gear. And uh, yeah, I started training with the, the top two Belgian league, Rousselaar um team and that's the first time i i trained with national team athletes there's like a german national team player there or two there's like a french dude there's i mean this was for me i was just like oh, volleyball is so good and then i that season i just started getting so much better anyways my brother who helped me get to college by the way i will throw this in there i brought him over because they needed an extra player i was like chris you want to come so we had a blast man yeah that was my first year crazy it, it, it journey like just just how it's all unraveling from the kid who you know like you know tony hawk the extreme sports just this i saw, yeah. that, I saw that one video you know uh, of the uh, of the of the usa volleyball guy and, and the volleyball guy and, and like i want to be that and then, yeah the serbian yeah the, Ser the serbian then then the going overseas in europe now you're now you're there you're wanted to close closer to your dream so was it always the olympics or is it like now i'm gonna to the pro dream it stayed it stayed there and you know i had no idea how it's like how it's a national team it's olympics like how do you do they do they pick you do they call you do they like how does that work i don't know so i was like well i'm just gonna work it like i work everything else and uh i hit some bumps and some 
wow, some rough stuff happened in that two and a half years I stayed in Europe before I even returned back to America. And at the end of it, and another breakup, by the way, <laughs> um, I said to myself, uh, I had made some wrong turns, right? I was like smoking cigarettes now. I was smoking like 30 plus a day during a really stressful time. Like I had a girlfriend who was smoking and it just, it got terrible. Um, still playing and training and at a high level for where I was at. But um, when a contract ended because the team had done something really tricky in an only German contract, which I should have never signed, even though I got, you know, uh, feedback from German national team players and other sports. I had people look at it. Everybody was like, no, this looks really legit. But one thing in there legally, and this is why contracts matter so much to me as an agent now, um, it got me because it put the responsibility on me for a visa and it gave the team an out if they knew they could screw that process up for me. And well, they did. They asked for a student visa instead of a work visa. I had no idea because you learn words when you're in Germany, like uh, to go to the, the visa office, it's Auslanderbehörde. Like what? You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't know what was going on. These old people in the office, they speak German and Russian. They don't speak anything else. So I would have to call the manager. He would do that. Long story short, I get fired from that team. There's this whole like thing in the newspaper. He's calling me a Sonnenkinder, which son child, imagine just use your imagination to what he's trying to say. And it's not a good way to say anything about somebody who's not white. Um, it was rough, man. And I realized again, why, why so many hurdles? I go to Czech Republic, uh, through this new agent that it was the first time I used an agent actually, um, because that German team I had found through beach volleyball in the summer in, in Germany. And this is all really important to understand why I chose to even go about trying to pursue USA in the way that I did. Because when I hit another wall in Czech Republic, because the team, I get there, I'm playing well, I have a better level than I've all, each year, I'm just like, bup, 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 bup. it's crazy with the level. I was just getting better and better and better, and I loved it. And um, I had a real contract. It was like real money that they offered me. Um, I get there, and they're not paying me. They're not reimbursing me for my flight that I paid for, which I'd never let my athletes do by any, by any means anymore unless they get that money up front. Um, and then they weren't paying me. I was eating like freaking crackers and cookies and like muffins if I could even afford it if the manager would just give me some of his change out of his freaking pocket for like two and a half months, bro, in Czech Republic. And I'm like, how could things get any worse? And then this breakup and then there's like, dealing with issues of suicide, not me, but others and me, I'm, I have a huge heart, man. And when, when somebody's in pain, I'm in a massive amount of pain, you know, like, and I'm, and I'm trying to find ways to get them out of holes. And so it just dug me even deeper because I was already in a crappy place. I had like a, a freaking cardboard box for my table. <laughs> like the top of my table was a cardboard box in my house because these schools hadn't given me anything and they just assume you should play volleyball at the highest level still. And when I wrote the agent, he was lazy and didn't take his time and just forwarded the email and I got fired because I was passionate in that freaking email about how I'd been screwed, the dates, the money, everything, what I was feeling and who, who in any management is gonna wanna read that, let alone what I wrote. And who, who, who is an agent sends that as a representative of a play man. And when I left Czech Republic, 
after two nights of sleeping on a tile floor in the bathroom that was no bigger than my arms could stretch out in the dead of winter and no heat in that bathroom and like huddled up around their, their sink because the, the pipe was a little bit warmer. And I'm, I'm not even joking you right now. This was crazy. And I was only in that flat because they had kicked me out of my flat, took the keys. And the Danish guy on my team who was married and who had a newborn child, literally, in his apartment, which was tiny, they were all in the bedroom slash living room slash kitchen. <laughs> and I was in the bathroom, you know, and because it was the only other place I could be. And they were so kind to even let me come. I realized in that moment, no, this, this, I'm, I'm going to the national team. I am, I am getting to that level because I know if I get there, all of my problems will be solved. Like that's what I was thinking. Tune in to part two, where Ryan shared how he made the national team and started his own agency, Elite Volley. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.